All right, intro. Do on on Creative Coding Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Creative Coding Podcast with me, Seb Lee Delisle. And me, Ian Lobb. And this is a really unusual podcast because we are actually in the same room. It's it's a bit weird, It's isn't it? only been done about once, ever. Has it? Yeah. We did the live episode at Flash on the Beach. Yeah, but that wasn't the same because we were on stage in front of an audience. Yeah, so this is basically the first time we've ever done an in-person one. Yeah. It's the, really weird because Seb's looking at me. The eye contact is freaking me out. It's like... <laughs> So I actually can't look at me I'm now. just going to look like, away. <laughs> <laughs> it's so English. It's, it's brilliant. Anyway, yes. Um, sorry, we haven't been around for a while. What was it? We had a week off. No, we had one. Come on. We, we had, had one, one week, week off. off. And then this, this episode will this be episode's a bit This episode a little teeny bit late. Me teeny because <laughs> because uh, why? Because we've been really busy. Yeah, I mean, it just... The pr- we obviously have like a buffer zone of pre-recorded and stuff but they still need like editing and tweaking and things yeah I would have slotted one in but I was just oh, I've been had a couple yeah. of weeks but you know a couple we, of busy weeks we're a weekly show but we de- we definitely didn't promise it's every most, week most without week. feel it's fine yes it's fine but um, Seb <laughs> said it's a long month this, this month or something it is a long month there's five <laughs> weeks right it's like we've only really scheduled four a, a month and some months there's five. It's, it's like, funny if you're paid monthly, you're you're actually you have a lower hourly rate on long months. Yeah, like February, you, you're sort of you've got a little mini pay rise in February. <laughs> so weird. So where where are we? We're in Finsbury Park. Yeah, and in, in Ian's cheap hotel. Thanks. We got with a park with a park view. Park view. It's quite nice. I should have just said there was a park view, right? You could have said in Ian's. <laughs> hotel with the park view and Finsbury Park that would have sounded posh would have been yeah if you don't know if you don't know Finsbury Park it sounds like it might be posh <laughs> yeah I guess the cheap hotel smell doesn't the interesting thing about um, Finsbury Park is it's not in Finsbury and it's not a park well it is a park oh, it's a p- <laughs> yeah <laughs> well one out of two that's yeah. not bad <laughs> that's not bad is it um, yeah so you're in London working doing some doing some on site for a client yeah, you, yeah. can you talk about it no nope. I can talk about all the stuff I've been doing. Fine. I can talk about some other things that I've been to and things that I've done. Okay. Um, Go on then. (laughs) Should we talk about the VR thing? Yeah, so you went to the Eden Project. Um, Is that 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 where it was? That was when Amanda had a go on the HTC Vive, but I'd already had a a go at one. All right, well, that set up for that story was completely... (laughs) That was the wrong set Completely wrong. But how should I set it up? I did go to the... um, I think it was Pocket Gamer put on a VR mixer event where okay. different devs had come to show. Is that in London? That was in London, yeah. Right, because you're in London. Yeah, I was, could go to it, so I was like, I might as well go along. Because yeah. try on these headsets and, and whatnot. And, yeah, I've got to say that I absolutely can't do VR. It all makes <laughs> me motion sick. Really? Um, really badly. The only exception being the Vive, purely because the games that I tried on the Vive, like I, I did the... Um, the, the Valve one, the lab it's called, it's, it's like okay. set in the Portal universe and it's just a, a load of small like little demos and experiments. It um, it never moves you, like it never moves the the camera. Okay. Um, it. Uh, so some some of the games you, have like you constant forward. Yeah, exactly. Motion. So all, all, you know, it you move around in a little space 
in physically in the real world, and that's the amount you with move your in game the game. Controller? No, with your body. Oh, oh, right. I see. So it's like room. It's room level, scale. Yeah. Room scale. Yeah. yeah. So you can move about. In the depending room. on how much space you've got, you can move about. And is that like the Valve one then? That is the Valve one. Yeah. yeah. The HTC Vive. Right. And it, that one, I was fine. That was okay. So it's when, when it's moving around that you That was fine, although the only thing is, in terms of, like, hype level stuff, it's like, I never felt like I was in a different place. I felt like I was looking at a different kind of screen. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a new kind of screen, but it's still a screen. Just like, mm. you know, even when you're looking at a high-resolution TV, and you know that you're not looking at the real world but you can get absorbed into ordinary games can't you as though you, yeah but the thing is you can get absorbed into like a TV show on a 14 inch TV because yeah. what absorbs you is the story and the yeah. the, the immersiveness I, I of, guess of, of cinema for example <laughs> comes from the music the sound the visuals right it's got nothing the, to vis- do with visuals the visuals <laughs> <laughs> we'll just cut that bit out okay visuals the visuals <laughs> yeah that's nice yeah so, you know, immersion yeah. for me has nothing to do with believing you're there. So but I guess you the point... still. But anyway, my point was going to be that you still don't think you're there. You're never yeah. tricked. Like, but do you think if there was like a really good quality experience, like you're saying, like a good movie can yeah. transport it, you? I think Maybe it still it can be. To... I think it still can be awesome even without actually tricking you that you're there. Right. But I do think that say in twenty years, when the screen is much higher resolution and the tracking's even more accurate and the simulation is better as well, it will trick you more, definitely. Do you think that, the, I mean, is, is the Vive, you know, technically, how does that compare to the, uh, to the Oculus? So, the, I mean, the, the only Oculus... we've talked about it a bit, haven't we? Been... Yeah, so the, I mean, it's, a, it's slightly muddy because basically the Oculus does have motion tracking and it can technically do room, room scale and it also is adding a... Um, they are doing a motion controller thing as well. Yeah. But none of that is there yet. And at the moment, if you buy an Oculus, it's for a seated experience, basically, with a controller. And if you buy a Vive, it's for room scale with two, like, full motion hand tracking controllers. Right. So out of those two, the Vive is just head and shoulders better. It'll be interesting to see, like, how good Oculus is, like, motion tracking stuff is when it comes out do you think that like, in terms of like the refresh speed and updates and stuff is that are they pretty comparable yeah i mean i think spec wise they're pretty similar yeah. i mean the, the the vive uses lasers to track you so <laughs> so that's well, obviously the other cool, one just yeah. uses cameras so it's obviously going to be better lasers are better i mean if you've always. ever been on a connect though right like yeah it's a bit is it it's, a bit, <laughs> it's not that accurate basically and the vive felt completely accurate like no, nothing went out of place hmm. when I was using it so yeah yeah but then it's not tracking your whole body it's just tracking your head and, and two two controllers two arms yeah but having those two arms is so great and like it would be awesome if you had legs as well like you would you could kick or, stuff or, or a chest it's not far off is it no probably not seen. depends and who's got the space though but yeah so but anything anyway any anything where like I'm the game like moves me is makes me feel really really motion sick to the point where if I see the headsets I already start to feel motion sick because it's that ingrained you've got that sort of Pavlovian response it, yeah now exactly <laughs> like some people have that for the smell of cars yeah don't they like... or, or for me it's the smell of Malibu because I got drunk on it when <laughs> right. I was 17 <laughs> yeah exactly so um yeah, it's like 
if if the game moves me and I and I'm not physically moving in the real world, your body just knows instantly like something's very up, up very bad here. Your inner ear, whatever, gets very oh, confused. I don't hold out much hope because I think I I find often FPS is like maybe yeah. Feel I mean, sick. you're probably not in for a good time. Though. I did try. You know, I think I've probably talked about. It. I tried to. I think it was an Oculus dev kit ages ago, and I actually felt claustrophobic. Mm. I just, you know, because you've got the headphones on, you've got this yeah, big heavy you know, thing. I didn't mind that side of it, to be honest. And I, because it was a sort of narrow view, I suppose it's like you're looking through binoculars or something. Yeah, I mean, it does feel like you've got a diving mask on or, yeah. or something. But then again, like, it doesn't even feel like that because you know you're not there. So it, it feels like you're wearing a VR headset and looking at a screen that's really close to your face. <laughs> but which you can focus on, I guess. I mean, one of the main thing is like one of the main things is the, the peripheral vision thing. Is you mm. notice it a lot. Like you notice that you can only see like this small section in the middle. Mm. How are they going to fix that? Would you just either bigger a bigger screen? screen? Like if you imagine having an iPad size screen, yeah, you would be able to get so much more visual space in some sort of different optics and a higher well, higher resolution. Yeah, the screen. other way to do it would be to just have you know, a higher resolution screen and, and different lenses on it. Yeah. Or even the same lenses. But no, because that's only going to... Something would happen weird. I think having <laughs> a bigger screen, like I think having an ipad size screen on the front of your head is a be- <laughs> is the solution. Yeah. But that would look weird. There must weird. be some optical <laughs> way of doing that without actually a physical screen that size. Like you'd need, you could just yeah, have a then, lens that. But then you're going to get more like lens distortion at the edges and things like that, aren't you? The more you're faking it with yeah. with lenses, the more it's going to be weird. Sure. Don't know. I mean, it's quite immersive to just watch a big TV and like IMAX. a big a big 4K TV. I really like those TVs that are curved. Really? Yeah, I think that like helps. Like I can't really explain why, but like it does help help to sort of like draw you in. It looks cooler, and it looks. That's why. I mean, there's a thing in like uh, in visual composition where you have lines going in from the corners of the image, in and that draws you in. Yeah, it's like a common like compositional technique with painters, and a sort of curved screen sort of does that naturally because. Like it's. Have you got one? I haven't got one. Oh, you're gonna get one. I might get one. I'm yeah. waiting for 4K sources to exist, though. Yeah. Because at the moment there aren't that many, no. really. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, what really is there? Like, games struggle unless you've got a ridiculous um, PC with a ridiculous graphics card. Consoles aren't putting out 4K yet. Mm. Um, Netflix have only just done some 4K programs that you can now watch. Sky are just releasing their. Their 4K stuff, but it's incredibly expensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's. I mean, HBO probably make their shows in 4K now, or do they? We don't know. Probably. I don't know what the American version of HBO is like, but there will be lots of 4K content out there eventually. You'd think. Yeah. Maybe that will take off in the way that 3D TVs <laughs> didn't. <laughs> I mean, I can't. HD is pretty. Is still pretty H, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that H. My not telly on a isn't big that screen. big. Not on a big screen, yeah. So I need a bigger telly and then I'll see. Yeah. I mean, like, Amanda has the 4K iMac. Yeah. And that's like a 4K screen on, uh, on, a, on a, like, tw- 22, 4-inch screen. Yeah. It's like, with, like, 4K resolution. It's just ridiculous. You just get right up close. Yeah, I mean, it's... Sort of, she probably can't remember what a pixel looks like. No, I mean, it's, it's interesting, actually, because Photoshop and stuff have to have special settings where mm. it shows you the actual pixels 
but it makes all your work look tiny, basically. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Does that make sense? So it shows you like an actual she, size. Yeah, so she paints size, something that's... Yeah, exactly. If she makes something up, uh, even though the, the, the sort of operating system acts as if it's only half the resolution, right, yeah. Photoshop specifically shows things actual pixels so if she makes something that's 200 by 200 pixels it'll be really small on her screen and she'll give it to me it'll be double the size <laughs> on mine so yeah. yeah I'm sure they'll figure it out well I mean they figured it out that's the way to do it because well, the other I mean, alternative think... would be that they double every, all the pixels but then you know I think like with, with, the, with the Mac OS it, it shouldn't even be really thinking in pixels anymore like that right I mean, I, I think behind the scenes, things are moving to M's and things yeah. like that, where it's more to do with the when screen percentages. It's all graphics, isn't it? No, it's not, though. It's no one uses, no fonts. One, no I mean, one uses vector graphics apart from for fonts. Everyone just uses and for really... Lasers. Oh, and for lasers. <laughs> Everyone uses, like, really high-resolution images instead. Yeah. <clears throat> because fonts... Um, sorry, vector graphics just render so slowly. And the more complex they are, the slower they render. That's why Flash failed. <laughs> Because, like, inherently it was... But I guess I was vector thinking... graphics, like, are a great way of making art. Yeah. But they're not a good way of rendering art because it takes... It's so computationally expensive to render them. Hmm. They're, they're pretty fast now, aren't they? And I suppose if your screen resolution is high enough, you don't have to worry about anti-aliasing even. On vector graphics? Yeah. Yeah, but then you also don't have to worry about just rendering images that are, like... 1024 by 1024 pixels. I guess I was pixels. thinking about, like, you know, with with the operating system, but certainly the fonts are all vectors, aren't they? Well, fonts, yeah, but that's, you can say that about But I'm just ever. wondering if, like, the um, the screen furniture, any of that's vectors, or you just think it's really high... I just think it's really high-resolution pictures. Like, when you do... Like, if you look at the icon sizes now yeah. for, like, when you do an iPad app, the sizes it's are 4, getting... 4,000. They're isn't getting it? crazily huge. Well, it's yeah. like the podcast <laughs> image has to be, like, 4,000. Yeah. No, so it can't like, be 4,000. It's, it's something it was, huge. I, think I can't it was. I think it was four thousand. <laughs> that can't be right. We didn't make it that big. No, I had to do a new one because <laughs> okay. they changed the guidelines. <clears throat> looking at me skeptically, so this is why it's good to do it in person. I get the skeptical looks <laughs> in in real time. <laughs> cool. Is there anything else about VR? Should we move on? I mean, other than I like, I don't want to appear it, but like, I just don't imagine me taking that many VR contracts. No. knowing that it makes me feel quite ill like I can't imagine what a, like, a two month like dev project, VR dev project would be like with the current technology because I just feel sick Yeah, I think there's a lot of buzz about it though isn't there, Is there a lot of I saw a job ad the other day for a Vive gig mm. and it was like Vive project freelance you must have your own Vive and it's like okay I guess that makes sense but that's really expensive that's going to be the first quarter of the budget is going to be buying this the <laughs> hardware to make it yeah that was what it was like when when iPhones and stuff first came out as well like it was really expensive to start being an iPhone developer you had to have a Mac which cost about two grand and uh, an iPhone and an iPad which were about 500 quid each yeah so that was quite a bit of a well only if you didn't have a Mac already which lots of people didn't to be fair because they weren't yeah. anything like as popular as they are now like now they represent something like 50% of computer sales I think whereas at the time it was like 10% right yeah I, I don't know I think there was definitely a trend towards it, it was, uh, designers were, had them you were holding out for ages I mean I switched yeah because I switched years ago yeah I'm blaming Flash developed 
It's like a bit of software that didn't run on Mac. It's like the best dev environment for doing yeah, that's flash true. coding. I, I, I reckon that, yeah. Flash develop, flash develop held down the adoption of, of Mac for about two years. Yeah, <laughs> because that Eclipse or whatever it was. What was it? Yeah, Eclipse. Was, there was like there was, a name for that. Setup, there was Flash there? Builder and there was FDT. Flash Builder. Oh my God. FDT, yeah, both of those just ran so badly on Macs. FDT was very good, but it was still it built. Was good, it was still it was built, built on, on Eclipse, Eclipse, and Eclipse was not yeah. very good. Yeah, <laughs> we just sound like granddads now. Well, right? I remember my <laughs> the day. old days. Everything was made in job. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so, but I mean, I guess that people are really jumping on it, aren't they? It Whether is, it's got any longevity. Hype town, Mississippi, mm. and it's not had a massive consumer adoption, like unsurprisingly. Yeah, because the gears are really expensive, and no one really knows what their like killer app is yet. I don't think the killer apps come out. No, tilt brush is cool. That's the thing where you can paint in three D. Yeah, so I saw a, a guy from <clears throat> Disney using that. Yeah, it's pretty a neat. Former Disney animator. It's pretty neat. Is that the one of the video where he draws like Beast from Beauty and the Beast and moves around it and maybe yeah, that and, and about he right. did a talk at UX London a couple of weeks ago. Okay. He doesn't work at Disney anymore. Right. But it was really, really, it was a brilliant because talk. Because of this. Because. <laughs> <Go on>. Huh? <laughs> Sorry. Because of what? They, they sacked him because of this. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he left ages ago, but, and he went to sort of set up his own thing. Um, but yeah, it was a great talk because he was just like drawing on stage, mm. like just drawing characters. Yeah, and it I was mean, just that's... so delightful to see his really skilled animator. Yeah. You know, and he was doing the onion skinning, you know, peeling the, the paper back. And in doing 3D. the next, no, no, just not in, oh, in real okay. life with a pencil. Right. It's like unrelated. Um, to this but no, part. he did it. I think it was there was a an animation. I think it was called Duets, and he did a version that was for VR that you could sort of move around and look right. at, and it was really beautifully hand animated. I missed the beginning of his talk though, so I don't. Right. <laughs> that was when he talked about that, <laughs> so I shouldn't really bring it up. But it was really, yeah. We'll find the video. It's a nice video. That's cool. So. Um, yeah, what was on VR? Tilt brush. Tilt the brush. problem is, if you're not an artist, yeah. it, art things are fun for about 20 minutes where you go, hey, wee! <laughs> right? Like, the, you know, graphics pens are fun, yeah. right? You go, wow, I'm drawing with paint on the thing. <laughs> it's just like real paint. Oh, I can't draw but with then, this yeah. type of pen either. <laughs> no, exactly. At a certain point, you just realise you're not an artist. Yeah. And uh, you just need to go home, back to your computer and your code. Mm. <laughs> where you belong. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with typing. It's it's fine. Yeah, should we move on? Yep. So I've been doing lots of stuff. Go on. I've been doing more performance-based things. Mm. I don't really know how to describe it. You, I, well, you went to well, see yeah, it, didn't I came you? To see. I can describe it. You can it. describe it. So there was a night called um, An Evening of Unnecessary Detail put on by this Festival of the Spoken Nerd. Yeah. Right? It's good. And Sev was one of their guests or one of the one of the presenters. Yeah. Uh, well one of the acts you might almost I say suppose, it was yeah, like a, it was, an and it was like some there was like a mix of like scientists doing comedy comment comedians talking about science and tech i guess with the yeah. two types of people right yeah i think there was a guy who was like a geneticist who did a really funny talk about marvel law right about the family tree of um the, it was cyclops 
Yes, I Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah, yeah. And what's the guy? What's the I guy? I think name? his name's Brian, but it was a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but it was really fun, anyway. And, yeah. and Seb did a talk about lasers, and you had a laser on stage. Yeah, it was actually a talk about cathode ray tubes. Oh, it was. But yeah. I'm glad you got the point. <laughs> and really, the laser. As soon as you bring out a laser, that kind of distracts anyone from the from the actual content. Yeah, it was it was good I mean the problem is you can't demo a real you can't demo a cathode ray tube on screen because it all happens inside of the tube (laughs) right yeah but it was interesting to sort of to think about cathode ray tubes Mm. again you know because we 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 just sent them off without any real ceremony well in fact we like like flash and like various other good technologies we delighted in we delighted in their demise it. yeah because they're so heavy oh and so rubbish oh get and it's rid like, of it look at my flat screen now yeah. i mean I, I had a cathode ray tube in the living room for quite a long time you know when i went when i was at uni in 2000 i bought a new computer and mm. i had a monitor cathode ray monitor 19 inch yeah but the resolution that it did, it did 1600 by 1200, which was off That's the charts huge for the time. Yeah. And bear in mind, the most you could get out of an LCD at that time was 1024 by 768. So this thing was just an absolute beast. Yeah. And to be honest, it's t- we've barely caught up with that now. <laughs> We're only just catching yeah. up with that sick resolution. Yeah, but I mean, the the sheer impracticality of cathode ray tubes was the, the undoing, big. right? They're just yeah. massive and, and, you know, used a lot of power, spat out a lot of radiation. Yeah. But there, there is also they something... They flickered as well. I mean, that's something we forget. Is that they're very, yeah. They were very bright compared to, um, a, like, a, an LCD TV. Yeah. And they flickered visibly. If you had, like, a 65 hertz monitor... And you looked at it out of the corner of your eye, you could see the flickers, you could see, like... And they're so bright. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's part of the reason I wear glasses now, is that I had <laughs> this... I just spent a lot of time staring at these monitors yeah. very close up. But I, I learnt about how they worked, you know, and obviously, that like, at their core, they're very simple. It's a, a you know, array of electrons coming out of a, a cathode, mm. you know, flying through a vacuum and hitting phosphor. Yes. on the inside of the screen and so when it hits it obviously it glows up yeah and and obviously to make a tv picture you just move that ray like left and right and then up and down right in yeah rows. so if you want to do a like if you want to do a, a bitmap image essentially yeah, right? That's right you just go zoom 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 yeah but then one of the things you talked about in your talk was like the way vector screens worked by like just moving the the beam around yeah. in diagonal lines and stuff effectively rather than just going line, line, line. Yeah, because I guess the early cathode ray tubes did that, right? I, d- I don't know for a fact, but I imagine that there were cathode ray tubes for the early oscilloscopes and stuff, which were literally just moving that beam around to draw the waveform. Well, I mean, I guess I guess any cathode ray tube would have the ability to just do that and yeah. just on the TV, that's not how they used it. But... Yeah, the scan lines came in pretty quickly in most of the references to cathode ray tubes. Right, interesting. Since the 40s and 50s. But, I mean, even like lines. when I was a physics student doing my A-levels, we had cathode ray oscilloscopes. Yeah, yeah, of course. And those TV cathode rays used coils to create magnetism, to pull the ray around, mm. right? So two coils to do the horizontal and two coils to do the vertical. I think the early oscilloscopes used some system of static right. like to push the beam around, and it was much faster 
right. I think, but it it wasn't as powerful, so you'd have longer tubes. Okay. I just, just I learned a ridiculous amount <laughs> about that. But the vector screens are really interesting because the early arcade, some of the early arcade games like Lunar Lander and Asteroids and the Star Wars games all use these vector screens and literally the cathode ray was just drawing the shapes. It was just, you know, moving around drawing and so it was like you know analog resolution there was no yeah. pixels yeah um and yeah that, exactly that so was it, one of the joys of them if you've ever gone to a retro arcade and look at asteroids i mean look up close it's perfect isn't it it's, it's crisp. really it's perfect. A perfect crisp light but it's not only that to an atomic level are we going to say uh, yeah it would be for sure <laughs> well i suppose it's down to the, the individual of electrons atoms of phosphor perhaps yes i don't know or maybe the but maybe the phosphor's in clumps and maybe the beam scatters a little mm, blur <laughs> it out yeah <laughs> interesting um, but yeah they're beautiful and particularly you really notice it on asteroids because you know the, it's sort of got that aesthetic where the corners are really a bit brighter than the lines mm. uh, and the bullets that was something i pointed out is the bullets just the beam sort of hangs around on the bullets there for a little while. It has, like, full power. And so the bullets on asteroids just look really, like, glowing, yeah. bright. Yeah, because technically you could you could just overdraw the same area if you wanted to, right? Yeah. And really burn out the phosphor or just move it, the Or just move the beam slower, right? You know, that's what I do, yeah. that's what yeah. I do with the laser. So um, I demonstrated with the laser how those screens worked by recreating asteroids with the laser and obviously the laser moves around in the same way as the cathode ray would and so I did the same thing where I just moved the laser to where a bullet would be turn it on and just like leave it there for for as long as I can and then turn it off to move to the next one so you can make brighter points just by... The laser is incredibly bright lasers are so (laughs) bright Yeah that was a one watt laser so that's not the biggest laser but it's in quite a small room Yeah. so that that really helped (laughs) Yeah, but one point I I slowed the laser right down so you could see it moving. Mm, that around. was everyone. You got a good everyone was like, "Whoa!" Of course, I'd never done that before. Oh really? No, it was I cool. just thought of doing it that day. I thought, "Oh, that might be interesting." And you could see it plot out the sort of the course to draw the image. Effectively. Yeah, and of course, because it was like a single beam, it was really bright, so wasn't you, it? For that, have you written your sort of own like efficiency algorithm for yeah. like efficiently connecting points together? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that part of it is probably the simplest Because isn't that almost like the, the travelling salesman problem yeah. or something, right? travelling salesman problem, absolutely. And so when I was looking into this, because, you know, I've got an API where you can just draw a load of shapes, mm-hmm. and then the, 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 the sort of system, the code base, figures out the best way to order those. And yeah. so I did some research into travelling salesmen and just... You know, because it's super academic and all the yeah. equations are really mathsy, and I just don't, I just can't read that sort of stuff. So I, in the end, I just did like a nearest, I don't know, I, I assume you'd call it nearest neighbour, right? It's not like pixel blending nearest neighbour, but I just start at one of them and then see what's the nearest one to that and go to that. Okay, <laughs> so know, that's, that's fine for a lot of solutions. Yeah. Yeah, but then eventually, I guess you could end up doing some long lines at the end. Yeah. Basically. Yeah if you end up in a place where there's Absolutely. no close But that, that hasn't really been a problem. And, no. Uh, but like most of these things, though, it's like, for example, something like A-Star, right? It's like, it doesn't matter how well implemented your A-Star thing is in most cases because yeah. you're only running it 
like, like once, once, <laughs> yeah. once every or thirty times a second yeah. or sixty times a second, and it's completing it in less than a millisecond anyway. Yeah, computers are fast. So, so for that at least, I went the cheap, simple option. It worked fine. But what I did spend much more time on was like figuring out how to move the laser to draw lines and corners mm. and shapes and circles. You know, to try and figure out the acceleration of the movement and then the deceleration as well. If you draw in a square and you just carry on at the same speed round the corner, you'll sort of cut the corner. Oh, we talked about this before, haven't we? About yeah. how lasers don't. Yeah, they have they have physical properties. Like yeah, you have to... I think that's similar to cathode ray tubes. Actually, they're not instantaneous. Mm. So I think you'd have to do something similar. I'd expect a cathode ray tube the coils to power up a lot quicker than with a laser. Which with a laser, you're actually uh, moving a mirror. Yeah, you know, moving two mirrors, one for each axis, very quickly. Very that's, quickly, they're attached still... to galvanometers, which are the things you get on VU meters. You know, the audio needle things. Which is, I think, as far as I know, it's like a, a coil with a spring attached to it, right? Right. So, yeah. So, so we're moving something physical. So you can't actually change direction that suddenly. You actually have to slow down do into then? the corner and then speed up. How out do you do it corner. and make it look straight? That's it. You just you just slow down. You slow the movement down. So oh, you, as you get so to you the corner, you ease out, and then you, yeah, and that's then you right. Can hand, ease you out. put the brakes on effectively, yeah, absolutely, and then you, can take and then the, you speed the up again. Then, then, of course, you get that sort of brighter point of light in the corners mm, just like with the cathode ray tubes oh. <laughs> interesting right I like and you know in um, Batman Forever uh, um, which one's that when just with the one with Jim Carrey becomes the Riddler mm. I need to watch it cause is that when, the new one the newest one no it's from it's the 1990s old. yeah so when Jim okay. Carrey becomes the Riddler he like makes his own bat, the bat symbol's shining up in the air he makes his own Riddler symbol which is like this laser thing yeah. And it's the coolest. I remember it. It's probably rubbish to look at it now. Is it like a But I remember mark? it being really cool. He puts this Lasers. green laser question mark on the clouds. Can you, you can do that. Can you do that? Yeah, you can. It's not that hard. You should do it. I also see you in the Riddler costume. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think I could pull that off? The Riddler? Yeah. Mm. Riddle me this. <laughs> Riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? Yeah, okay. I'm Batman. That's I'm a bit scared. I'm ba- someone like, someone like, out there who really likes Batman Forever is really enjoying it. Really loving it, yeah, but <laughs> I'm just feeling really uncomfortable wishing we were on I'm Skype Batman, again. <laughs> and you're wishing that I hadn't locked the door. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really creeped out. Uh yeah, anyway, um you can yeah, you can laser on clouds if it's the right sort of cloud. Um you don't need that powerful a laser. But the, it the, is the against green, the law. Oh, it's not against the law, but you need right. to get permission right. from the aeroplane people. Yeah. It's not the FAA, is it? Because that's the American one. It's the something else. Yep. Um, and if you assume that, assuming that you're a fully qualified laserist, as I am, yep. then they should give you an answer pretty quickly. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah, you can laser onto clouds. The green uh, greens are always the brightest. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you can always get the best out of a green. But I reckon in, in good conditions, you could laser a, a, a symbol onto a cloud with, you know, a relatively small laser. I mean, I'm, actually, I've never tried it, but I, I've seen how far a decent 5 milliwatt laser can go, you know, because I've just stuck one out the window <laughs> to the sea, right? Yeah. And it goes all the way to the sea from my flat, which is far. And it's yeah. like, well, that's just 5 milliwatts. So that's perfectly safe to have as a laser pointer. 
Yeah. Right? And if you've yeah. got a good beam, it can go really far. So I would have thought, you know, probably even with a decent one to five watt laser, you'd probably reach a low cloud. But you can get like 20 and 40 watt lasers, which would just, they're crazy. I mean, they'll burn your legs. Hmm. <laughs> In fact, there was a rumour, I, sh- I shouldn't really give any specifics, but there was a rumour at a, a festival there were really high power lasers pointing out over the audience and behind them right. um, and because it was like a temporary structure it sort of moved around a bit and the laser beam hit camera operators or it might have been spotlight operators actually uh, I'm not sure and it hit them on the legs and burnt their legs my word yeah but when you, t- when you get to sort of 10 20, 40 watts like you can't they do burn if they stop moving yeah but then those stage lights are pretty crazy as well aren't they yeah they're like I remember stage lights being incredibly hot right the casings are hot the beam is hot to put your hand in front of yeah are they moving over to like LED technology that like runs so, cooler yeah. or something does it run cooler I don't know it, it does doesn't it because LED yeah. lights it does yeah they're much more efficient aren't they in terms yes. of heat loss but then the but the actual um light mm. still have the same amount of energy yeah so I, the actual beam should would still be the same hotness but right light doesn't have heat does yeah, it? Of it it does. does yeah of course it does oh i don't know anything about the heat physics. of the sun but so. i thought that was like <laughs> some other radiation <laughs> I thought yeah, that was ultraviolet like, no um, infrared. infrared yeah, yeah infrared. so it's invisible yeah, but invi- visible light doesn't have any heat, does it? Well, okay, so yeah, you're you're right in that it could potentially be more out be more of, of the just infrared. the visible spectrum, but yeah. not the other stuff. But I don't know that it is. Okay, I want to know if you're a physicist, get in touch. Do write in. Does visible light have heat? Oh, Seb. What? Of course it does. It has energy. Okay, well then we'll find <laughs> out. It's just it probably not as much. Okay, well that's good information. I want references. Okay. <laughs> radiators are an interesting thing, aren't they? Because they're not because they're not radiators. Are they not? They convect they... heat out rather than actually radiating it. Well. Well, I guess they do radiate. That's some. just ruined radiators for yeah. me now. It should be called convectors. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be getting letters about that as well. I, Stick well it, we're sticking our science heads in. It'd be nice to hear from you. So. Yeah. No one like really interacts with the show like they used to no. back in the day. They never did, do you really. Know, well, to be honest, when we had the most community was when the Flash community still existed, weirdly. Yeah. They're all jaded now, so... They're all, they're all living in huts. <laughs> <laughs> they're all living in yurts, because <laughs> they're so traumatised. They've, they've eschewed worldly goods. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, they live I'm in sure that's true. And drum Maybe they just got bored of listening to us talk about things that weren't Flash. Yeah. Maybe. What, I mean, what was there to say about Flash? There's not even that much to it. The shape tweens. <laughs> Got the shape yeah, tweens, next the week on tweens. the Grades of Golden Podcast, we're going to be exploring the Flash 5 animation timeline. <laughs> oh, it's so funny, like, looking back now, like, to events and stuff to do with the Flash world where things we talked about were quite basic mm. in a lot of ways. We'd be like, how to add a script to a button? And stuff like that, because no one was programmers. Yeah. Whereas now, it's like you're expected to to be, like, an awesome programmer, like, yeah. right off the bat. There's really? no... Is there... I see a lot of... Isn't Unity, like, the equivalent of Flash now with lots of script kids, I suppose, as we called them? it is, yeah. You know, people... Here's who... how to add physics to an object. Yeah. <laughs> Click on add physics. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that component. That sounds good. Rigid body, yeah. Why do I keep having to type all this stuff? 
Actually, it's sometimes I've probably talked about this before, but it's sometimes weird how little I type when I'm doing Unity development. I just go, "This feels wrong." It's too easy. It's too easy. And Where's all my control? Oh no, it's all fine. So everything's fine. It's and really it all works, good. But I've only written ten lines of code. This is wrong. <laughs> how am I going to look busy for the rest of the hour? <laughs> yeah, there's always even though, but even though it's mouse based, you're still doing the same stuff. So it's a lot of dragging. Yeah, dragging on dragging. It's less dropping. typing. Less typing. Lots mm. selecting things from drop down menus. Mm. Oh, I did. I did my Raspberry Pi workshop last week. Oh yeah, that was really cool. I actually had a lot of fun. But you know what? It's like setting up Raspberry Pi workshops. I think is just always going to be complicated. Like mm. the, I mean, the beginning of the workshop, where everyone's got their Raspberry Pis and we're all sitting down and we're all plugging stuff in. You know, it's particularly with my workshop because we run them all headless, right? Yeah. I think other Raspberry Pi workshops have the hassle of getting all the network cables and hdmi screens and keyboards and mouses plugged in and they got the wrong connectors or whatever but for me i don't have that problem necessarily but for the first time on this workshop i actually taught them through setting up the raspberry pi from scratch which was really i think it was really good but the Mm. internet was just not 100 percent reliable so it just took a bit longer than it should have done but normally I don't even go through that setup process. I just, well, first of all, I thought it might be a good idea. But second of all, I got kind of screwed up because I was, you know, I usually just write the SD cards for each Raspberry Pi, like yeah. the night before or something. And it takes like 15 minutes each. Right. right? So if I've got a couple of computers, I can do like yeah. eight in an hour. Right. You know, so in a couple of hours, I've got enough for everyone. Yeah. But that's assuming that the disk image is one or two gigs right and what i used to do on the raspberry pi is well you can write this operating system to it jesse Lite, which is a light version of the os and right. it only takes up like a couple of gigs on your disk image right and then when you boot up your raspberry pi you've got the choice to expand the file system yeah but i never did expand the file system i just worked with that small squishy image set it all up and then make a disk image of that right and that would be like one or two gigs but this time i'd done exactly the same thing i'd got my sd card i'd set it all up that was going to be my master and when i tried taking an image of it it was eight gigs and it was like well why is it eight gigs i, I still don't 100 percent know but i can only assume that the new version of jesse light automatically expands the file system the first time you boot it up right it's not very light anymore well, no, but the actual content is light, but they just assume you're going to want to like, have the full use of your SD right, card, right. which is actually probably a good default, right? right yeah. Except for me, because yeah. it's almost impossible to like make get rid of the, the unused space on a, yeah. an SD card. It's just a disaster. Oh. So, so I was finding that it was take a, over an hour to write one, one SD card. <laughs> oh, no. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to use it as a learning experience and we can all set up the disc together. <laughs> yeah, we can all set it up together. And I might carry on doing that. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a, a pre-made SD card as a backup just in case the internet's dodgy again. Mm. But it is interesting, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, installing Node. I did some Raspberry Pi. Yeah, what did you do? I went to, um, I think, the family to the Eden Project and they had oh, yeah. like a game on exhibition which had various different things had some old retro consoles it had a vibe they had um i wish i remember the 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 name of the person that does it but there's this thing called cardboard arcade which is basically this guy who builds cardboard arcade cabinets out of cardboard and then puts pcs in them and sets them up to play indie games yeah and puts them in 
for free in like public places. So cool. Which is awesome. And so so it's like, like a full size arcade man yeah, made yeah, out yeah. of cardboard. Made out of cardboard, yeah. And they had some really cool games that I had played actually and they had Nidhogg which I had played which is really cool. Is that what what Nidhogg it's like it's one of the classic indie games. Right. Um it's like two little pixelated fencers who fight. <laughs> um Okay. Yeah, it's really good. But um anyway I digress. They also had, and I want. I think it's. I think they're called Fuse. I want to get that right, but uh, we haven't got internet to we'll do fact checking. We'll have to fact check it in the. Um, well, I'm editing this on the train home, so mm, you don't have long. Well, okay, if it's wrong, <laughs> you you can check it on the train home, and if it's wrong, you'll have to go. <laughs> Hi, Seb here. Yeah, on the train. So anyway, it's like a, it's like a Raspberry Pi case that's a BBC that looks like a BBC Micro um, keyboard and stuff, and you and it's got space on the top for the Pi. And the breadboard. Does um, it? Is it actually? It's like cream coloured, like the yeah, BBC with exactly, the black and exactly brown and red same. keyboard. Yeah. yeah, I think I've seen. And that. you can get it with a robotic arm that you can control. Amazing, and, which is cool. And but what's really cool about it? Well, one of the cool things about it is they've written their own software, which is like I think it's called Fuse Basic, and it's based on like BBC Basic, basically. But it can interact with the Raspberry Pi, so you can you've got commands to like. Mm turn on uh, the lights and turn them off again and like do all this sort of stuff and wait 10 seconds and then do something else and so yeah it sounds good it's quite cool so yeah we just you had a go on it had a go on that made some LEDs with the kids with yeah, the kids with, yeah with my other kid and we made some LEDs blink Brilliant. things like that and amazing we made we printed like Ian is skill down the screen and all that kind <laughs> of BBC stuff and set it to random colours so that it, uh, yeah that's exactly how I got started it's great. I mean, they, they've got a good gimmick, I guess, which is the stealing the BBC micro stylings and the gets the all the dads ba- basic exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although even then, though, the dads now are getting to use the granddads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, did you like the Raspberry Pi? Was, was it? A... Yeah, I mean, that's that's cool. I think it's brilliant for kids, like yeah. people who are learning and people who just want to play with computers for the sake of it, basically, right? Yeah, like but you do it for its own sake because it's cool because it's you've made this robot arm move around and you can program it with different like patterns to pick something up and spin it around and drop it and yeah yeah that's, that's cool yeah why wouldn't you you can hook up light sensors and make lie detectors and all that sort of stuff <laughs> well cool I suppose we should wrap it up yeah it's time I've got to go home get the train yeah. it's so hot in here okay <laughs> it is pretty hot actually yeah. I'm going to open that window as soon as it's all recording. We had to keep the do- window shut because of the traffic noises. Yeah. Probably still got some. Yay. Probably. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks. Oh, we didn't plug anything. CC underscore pod. Oh, yeah. Twitter account. Um, ccpod.co, our website. Yeah, don't forget patreon.com. Oh, yeah, patreon.com <laughs> slash creative coding. Are we up to $100 yet? Yeah, I think we are. Oh, God, that's so good. It'd be cool if you can afford it to keep the podcast going yeah it would be nice wouldn't it yeah give us a reason well, we're to not continue. holding the podcast to ransom but let's just say <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just, just say, say if, we, if, if you we... want to see the podcast again <laughs> <laughs> then meet me at the alley on 49th street and with we... a bag of cash or alternatively just go to patreon.com forward slash creative coding absolutely and give us a couple of dollars a month that would be very kind uh, and if what else do we have facebook some people there Someone said we should set up a Slack. If you think that's a good idea, let us know. It's a lot of things, though, isn't it? Sometimes we forget to post new episodes on Facebook or Patreon. And then we'll just do do all all kinds of things. The more things we've got, it's sort of... Yeah. 
give us more money on Patreon we yeah. can hire an admin we, exactly, person yeah, exactly. yeah, an assistant we, to look after all our social media presence, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah leave us a review that's really good keep us in the charts we haven't oh we had a new review I think I we'll, we'll actually, look at the reviews sometimes I look at the charts a lot and then other times I forget to look for months yeah so me too have a look be, be nice yeah <laughs> do reviews help ratings ratings probably help yeah reviews are nice too yeah well if they're good yeah. I suppose if they're bad, it's not so good. Yeah. We want to beat. Um, we want to beat Think Vitamin Radio, considering that they they're not they haven't been online or available for about five years, and yet they're still in the top hundred regularly. So it'd be yeah, good if, that's if, that's we a could, low bar, it, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. Come on, let's help us beat Think. <laughs> good think we could beat a podcast that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.